Welcome to the So Verve Lounge, a podcast for modern entrepreneurs that focuses on digital marketing ecosystems for small businesses. Join your host, CEO and marketing director, Stephanie Rubio, as she brings you marketing tips with a shot of Cafe Con Dulce. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Stephanie Rubio, CEO and marketing director at Soverf Marketing Group. Today, we are going to cover everything that you need to know about the new marketing privacy and subscriber privacy policies enacted by brands like Apple and others. Yes, you heard correctly. There are a ton of new changes to email marketing, definitely changes that we may have seen coming, definitely received a lot of warning regarding, and it is a long time coming in my opinion as well. So I wanna say back in 2018, going into 2019, there were a lot of changes to the way that we collected information from um, users through um, policies like GDPR. So we have a full episode on GDPR here on the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and leave that link down below in the show notes because those changes created such a wave of uncertainty for a lot of people that we actually created a specific service just for GDPR. And that was when our agency was also creating WordPress websites. We wanted to provide a way for um, users and um, specifically um, website owners to be able to optimize their websites um, that were GDPR friendly, that were fully optimized. We um, worked with an attorney in order to um, create privacy and cookie policies, um, user policies um, for websites, um, terms of use policies, (laughs) you name it, okay? Because what ended up happening was that the way that we were collecting um, data was um, not not necessarily and not always um, legal, okay? If someone has basically said to you, I do not want you to track my visits to your site, um, and yet you still were tracking the business to their site, then that poses a problem if you do not have any kind of consent to or or even notification of that person, um, you know, for when they visit your site to where they can give you an, um, a consent for you to track um, those cookies. So it became um, a little bit of a situation specifically in the EU. And because a lot of us doing business here in the US have customers from the EU, or a lot of small businesses, specifically e-com businesses have customers in the EU, then um, they needed to make sure that they had these um, policies in place. So 
like I said, I'm going to give, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to post a link um, in the show notes so that you can um, view for yourself most definitely and sort of listen to that episode. Um, There's a lot of content that we also posted specifically on our Facebook page. That's fb.com forward slash soberb. You could just search posts on there. And we released a lot of information during that period of time. So earlier this year, what happened was that um, Apple um, introduced an email privacy policy um, to its users. And the update aims to restrict data collection by third parties, which means that marketers such as myself will not be able to use invisible pixels or tracking pixels to get any information such as IP addresses, open rates, um, or location data. Um, Also, features like hide my email um, is going to allow users to add an extra layer of email privacy um, that basically allows the user to hide or mask their email addresses and actually redirect promotional emails into another mailbox. Wow. (laughs) So the conversation shifts quickly to what are we to do? As marketers, what are we to do as small business owners? What are we to do with email now? And this sort of comes at the heels of changes happening to platforms like Instagram, um, platforms like Facebook that, that, you know, the algorithms in these platforms has already become sort of unbearable to some small business owners, not all. Um, And then you're now having to deal with a situation where you are not no longer tracking some of the analytics that you're most used to seeing um, when you're utilizing um, email marketing for your business. So I want to start off by saying (laughs) that we have been advocates of not using open rates as a viable KPI, a key performance indicator for how well email marketing is performing at any given time for a business. It has never been something that I get excited about when people say, oh, I have an open rate of over 40% or over 60%. That means absolutely nothing to me other than you have great newsletter headlines. Okay, now that is half the battle, I will say that. But at the end of the day, it's just not the reason to hire people like myself, marketers. Okay, Um, if you know your audience well enough, I feel like you can do and, and perform email marketing without necessarily hiring an agency. So for myself, I never um, became very focused on open rates. I wanted to make sure that my team and I stood out by uh, KPIs and things like uh, click-through rates. Those were more important to me. Okay, and so um, 
and definitely optimization of, of other areas of email marketing, which we're going to discuss today a little further into detail. But this is one of the reasons why this change is welcomed and I embrace it. And I hope that you as a small business owner embraces it as well. So what happens now is really the, the question. Okay, that's great. So Apple is enforcing this, you know, a lot of people are going to be taking advantage of this. A lot of people are going to be masking a lot of this information. What do we do now? Okay, so one of the things that this is going to do is going to allow you as a small business owner or even myself as an agency owner uh, to be a better marketer to be better at what we do as marketers, to be better at what we do um, in the communication and the way that we deliver to our clients and our customers. So one of the first things off the bat is that to kind of understand that this does not kill email, (laughs) okay? Just like the changes on Instagram haven't killed the platform and they won't. People will just have to adapt either um, joyfully and with open arms and fully embracing change or forcefully because you will be ran out of town and your competition will slowly but surely creep over. Um, So you have two options, either embrace it um, and, and just become acquainted a lot of change or um, or just sort of roll over and <laughs> pout a little bit, but still make the necessary changes. So email marketing is not dead. If anything, this is going to help us become better marketers. And you as a small business owner, and I've made this statement plenty, uh, you are marketing, actively marketing, always actively branding, always your business actively promoting your business always. You never stop doing those things just because you hire a team. Um, That is just part of your DNA as a small business owner to always make sure that you are speaking on behalf of your brand when the opportunity presents itself. Okay. And if you are not someone that embraces that, I, I suggest that you do very quickly. So one of the things that we need to do now Um, to sort of counteract a lot of this is increase email personalization. Okay, so we're going to go into conversations now about um, your opt in forms. So opt in forms, oftentimes will will tell a user when they've landed on a website, uh, landing page, sales page, home page, checkout page, contact us, any kind of page on your site will tell users to give us um, an email address or a phone number, and that's it. You don't have to provide us your name. Um, You don't, you know, you don't have to provide us any other information. But what's going to happen is you're going to start seeing a shift where people, uh, website owners, will start requiring at least a first name Because personalization, once it hits the inbox, is going to start to matter a lot more. Okay, and this personalization is going to come in the form of consented information. So if users do not want to give you that information, 
you are going to have to be okay with that. And you're going to have to be grateful for that. Because the more information you have about your user, the better. And if a user is not willing to give you that information in exchange for massive discounts, free shipping, free printables, free additional content that you are spending time and money and investments in, in order to create for a community, then they are not probably the the ideal customer for you anyways, because they're not ready to take that step with you. And this is the way that I also see unsubscribers. A lot of people see unsubscribers in their newsletters and they have these moments where they are, you know, they get upset. They sort of freak out a little bit. Like what is happening? Do people not like my content? Do people not like my newsletters? Now, if they're unsubscribing by the masses, okay, then yeah, you have an issue on your hands. But if you get one or two unsubscribers per newsletter, if you have, a smaller newsletter, now a lot of this is going to be dependent on the size of your newsletter, then that is okay. Those people are not your ideal customers. They're not your ideal audience members, and you do not want them there anyways, okay? Um, we encourage um, our own clients and community members to sort of clean up their newsletters every now and then. So if you have a lot of um, emails that are scrubbed, as I like to call them, or basically undeliverable, undeliverable emails, so emails that email addresses that may have been closed or email addresses that are marked as spam, these are not going to help your end game analytics. So you want to get rid of them. Um, unsubscribers, you want to archive them. You don't necessarily want to delete them. Okay. Unless it's, um, someone who you want to delete and sort of block from getting back into your email newsletter, but you want to archive a lot of those and sort of store them away and focus on the people that are opening your emails, focus on the people that are clicking on those links and are replying to your newsletters, are using the discount codes that you're providing, are taking um, advantage of your sales. Okay, are visiting um, different landing pages that you have linked to within your content. Okay, that is what you're looking to do. And so putting focus on people that unsubscribe is never really going to be a good idea. And so you don't really want to um, put focus on that. So Email personalization is going to see an increase this fall and into the winter, specifically the holiday marketing season. So don't be surprised when, when you know, you get a lot of newsletters from these brands that requ uh, requested your first and last name or even just your first name and say, hey, Stephanie, uh, come visit us this weekend. We have a great sale going on. So that's kind of like the kind of personalization that we want to see. Now, a part of personalization also includes location. So when brands like um, Apple have made it more difficult for you to, um, to, to gather this information, it's really going to be up to you to have a conversation with your audience and let them know why that's important. So this is going to matter a lot 
for brands with, for example, local brands that have multiple locations where you may have one sale going on at one location um, versus another. So it's going to definitely matter when it comes to sort of regional and local marketing. Um, If you are a brand that provides information on services that are only offered to a certain region, that's when it's going to matter. So you just want to be upfront. So in those consent forms, you want to be very clear as to why you need some of that information. You want to vocally let your customers know on platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, all of your social platforms on your own website. Um, I'm going to be seeing an increase in in people creating YouTube videos, explanatory videos, um, one minute long as to why we are we need you to provide this information from us. And once a customer gives you that consent um, in the contact form, it's still going to be up to that customer to make sure that they have that um, sort of um, visibility allowed in their email. Okay, so that's going to to um, be very important. If you are a B2B um, small business owner that's utilizing email marketing, I don't necessarily see this as being a, that big of an issue. Um, but definitely B2C, I see it becoming a more of an issue where you're having conversations and really interacting with customers um, through through their um, possibly uh, personal email addresses, whereas a lot of us will have, you know, will not necessarily see these these changes. Um, specifically, where you, you know, we're we're communicating through um, business emails. Oftentimes, a lot of them will be business emails that are hosted um, through the brand's domain, um, through Google Suite. So not necessarily that much of an impact in that way. But if you um, you do have a consumer base that is um, customers primarily and not businesses, then I do see you um, having to really take a look at how personalization is going to impact um, your email marketing strategy. Um, With that, um, email segmentation is also going to be more important than ever. Because what you'll need to do, which is the same thing that we did with GDPR, is that we created subsets of email lists um, and sort of excluded a lot of customers that were in the EU that didn't give us consent, but that we didn't necessarily want to remove from our newsletters, but we definitely wanted to archive them. And that is possible through email segmentation. So you definitely want to make sure that you're very aware of um, your um, email uh, service provider, um, the platforms that you're using, whether it's um, MailChimp, ActiveCampaign, Klaviyo, um, ConvertKit, Flowdesk, MailerLite, there's so many of them. Um, You definitely want to be uh, very aware 
of um, their segmentation sort of power, if you will, and how well you can segment. Now, a lot of a lot, if not all of these have segmentation um, to a certain degree. Um, you just want to make sure that they have all the tools already uh, available for you to start segmenting your list and sort of uh, performing a backend cleanup before a lot of these changes um, go into effect, okay? And then, like I said previously, you know, your contact forms, these opt-in forms need to be optimized. So with GDPR, um, you have to make sure, for example, that you give explicit consent um, when you are subscribing to a newsletter via a form. So there has to be a way for the consumer to actively click um, a, um, a like a checkbox where they are clicking, yes, I understand that I am subscribing to an email newsletter where I will receive marketing and sales content um, from this brand. And I also know that at any given time, I can unsubscribe. Okay, so that's going to be vital. That's going to be vital more than ever. Um, of course, the wordings are going to change. I'm, I'm sure there are um, resources already on the internet of um, some additional verbiage that may need to be included for Apple customers specifically because they're really spearheading a lot of this change. Um, Apple has really sort of taken the wheels here, which we're okay with. I mean, like I said, I just think it's going to make people want to market better, want to be better marketers of their own businesses and brands. And I think when marketers take better um better and more responsibility of the way that they're marketing, I think brands win. Um, so it was one of the reasons why I also wanted to make sure to include um, this episode here because it's just going to matter that much more. So um, in closing, I want to say that um, email marketing has always been a widely used tactic for small businesses um, to reach the right audience. However, in order to affect efficiently and effectively uh, run email marketing campaigns, you need to provide value to your potential customers. And you also need to make sure that you are able to tell qualified and unqualified leads apart so that you can focus your time and attention solely on people who are likely to purchase your product and services from you um, at some point uh, down the line. Uh, wasting your time is um, not something that people uh, want to do. And I don't think that you as a small business owner want to do um, either. So um, definitely continue to harness the power of email marketing, definitely continue to perfect the way in which you deliver a lot of this um, content, um, continue to um, just become better um, as not only an email marketer and understanding email marketing, but definitely when you're having conversations with your 
uh, marketing team, with your email marketing team, um, definitely continue to drive that home that your goal is to continue to um, work on receiving, you know, those qualified leads through email marketing strategy, but that you want to make sure that you are also partaking in good email marketing practices and that you are not violating anyone's privacy and that you're not violating anyone's desires not to be marketed in a certain way. I think at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to is that you want to make sure that you're not doing anything that ultimately your customer um, doesn't want you to do. Okay. So as always, if you have any questions or feedback regarding today's episode, head over to Instagram at underscore so verve, or you may visit me at Stephanie V Rubio and send me a DM. I'd like to discuss this further with you if you have any questions or comments. Also, be on the lookout for the follow-up blog to this episode for additional content and information. Thank you so much for spending your morning with me and I will see you next time.